welcome back. Welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. We have some announcements to make yes, at the start of today's we, episode. Yeah, before we get into our episode, we wanted to mention a few things right off of the bat that we thought were very important. The first one being you may have seen on our Instagram and our Facebook that we actually started a GoFundMe for one of our previous um, cases that we had talked about. His name is Drew Molinari. And if you don't remember his case, you can check back. It's episode 20. And um, basically, listen back to the episode. Um, Drew was murdered and his family is still trying to find out who killed him to bring justice for him. So uh, his mom thought of the idea of making a billboard to bring some information and just to keep his you know, case alive and people talking. So um, we are raising money to help her with the billboard. Yes, our GoFundMe goal is $500 for her. And literally any little bit counts. And yes. she, will, I'm sure, will be so appreciative to be able to have this billboard put up for him. And hopefully they'll get some answers or at least have his case out there and have people talking about it. Exactly. And it's in the town where he was killed. And it's just really important to us and to Drew's family. So please, please, if you feel that you can donate, please do that. It's on our Instagram. It's on our link tree in our bio. Yep. Um, The second thing that we wanted to address today is we wanted to make it known that our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Ukraine. atrocities that are going on right now i don't even know the right words for it but we are thinking of you and praying for you and we wish there was more that we could do from here right yeah exactly i mean i just can't even put into words how horrible um it is that they're what they're going through and i can't imagine and i can't even begin to put myself in their shoes because i have no idea what they're going through yeah but um you know we are thinking and praying for everybody in ukraine Yes. And just for peace in general, it honestly is mind blowing that humans can treat other humans this way and do these things to other people and to people that they don't even know and just have no regard for human life. It's honestly mind blowing and scary. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely terrifying. But um, we just wanted to acknowledge that, that we have been thinking about about you and if you're listening from Ukraine or just in general thinking about the people in Ukraine and also those in Russia who are on the right side of things and also suffering yeah for standing up what they believe in yeah it's just it's it's a horrible situation all around yeah yeah um so do you have anything else you you want to talk about or do you want to jump right into our coffee I think we should jump into the coffee because I'm fucking excited about this one. Agreed. I love it. And they sent this to us a little while ago and we're just getting around to it. So Yes. So the coffee we are reviewing tonight is from Defer Coffee and Tea Company. So this uh, coffee place is actually based out of Pittsburgh. They have a few different locations. Um, let me pull up their locations here. But just so you know, their website is D E F E R dot coffee. 
So. Love that it's dot coffee. I've never seen that. I'm like, wait, how did they do that? <laughs> Magic. Yeah, right? So they have four different locations, and they're all throughout Pittsburgh. One's in Market Square, one's in the Strip District, one's in Highline, and one's in Riviera. Wow. So, yeah, so check out all of their locations. I actually, now that I've seen um, their website, I realized that I've been, like, past the Market Square location, mm-hmm. but I didn't even put two and two together. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you'll have to make a pit stop in there. Get it? Yeah. So I'm going to read a quick about me on their website just because this coffee place was so generous to send some coffee to us. Um, And then we can get into the one that we're reviewing tonight. Yeah. So this is on their about page. It says our mission. We are on a mission to bring amazing coffee and tea to more people and to make the world a better place while doing it. We believe that coffee and tea are one of life's simplest and most accessible pleasures. And we, and when enjoyed thoughtfully, can open our eyes to the here and now and what's around us and those we love, even if only for a moment. In addition, coffee and tea created through a responsible and ethically managed supply chain, as well as the ability to empower millions of people involved in the coffee production across the world. Wow. There's another little part, and then um, we'll just stop there. It says, in addition to serving great coffee, we believe that cafes are uniquely positioned to enrich the communities of which they are a part. We strive to create a welcoming, inclusive environment that functions as a space where people can connect with one another in a meaningful way. Love that. I know. And in doing so, drive economic benefit and opportunity to our team, our suppliers, and our city. Aww. How sweet. That's so sweet. And then on their little about page, they have all of their team members and like really cute little pictures of each of them with like a little description. Ah, love a good blurb. I know. How cute. So the coffee that we're reviewing from them tonight or today, depending on when you're listening, (laughs) is called Light Up Night. And it is a seasonal blend. It has notes of cocoa, berry, and sugar plum. I love that. Yeah. And it has a little, again, blurb about it. It says, like a big red wine, this blend is complex, sweet, and rich, the perfect coffee for a cold day. And the origins are Costa Rica and Guatemala. Oh, I wonder if this coffee, they actually, because they're in Market Square, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the hub of where Light Up Night is in Pittsburgh. Oh, I wonder if they based that in the name off of that event. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking at their website now. They have a bunch of tea that actually looks fucking amazing. They have a bunch of coffee. There's some decaf thrown in there as well. Um, So definitely check out their website. Yeah. Another little thing that's really cool is on the side of their bag. It says supporting angels place. And it says, we are committed to building better communities. 50 cents from the sale of this bag will go to Angel's Place, a Pittsburgh-based nonprofit that cares for the children of single parents who qualify as low income. This enables the parent to continue their own education or career, benefiting both generations. Oh, my God. Which is so beyond amazing. Yeah, I have the chills. That's awesome. So they definitely, like, give back to the community. 
as well as providing amazing coffee for the community. Yeah. yeah. Also, check out their Instagram, by the way. It's Defer Coffee and Tea. That's their Instagram handle. And the stuff on their website looks absolutely delicious. Yeah. And I think I'm going to have to order some more coffees and teas from them because some of their blends sound incredible. So I'm going to Pittsburgh this weekend, actually, and I might have to stop there. That's why I said make a pit stop. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I might. It looks so fucking good. Yeah. Um, there was one tea. If you happen to, I would like you to pick up for me. I'll tell Deal. you after the episode ends because it sounds so good. Deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, so should we describe what we're tasting here? Did you read the little description on the yeah. little on their bag? Okay. Yeah, that it's cocoa, berry, and sugar plum notes. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I blacked out when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So I definitely taste the chocolate that's kind of like the cocoa flavor Mm -hmm. that's like the first thing I got when I took a sip um and it's very naturally sweet agreed but in a good way like it's not overly sweet or artificially sweetened it's very good right and it's definitely a bold coffee yeah this is really really fucking good (laughs) it is I love it I cannot wait to try their next one because they did send us another one yes and I'm already looking forward to it I feel like the end of it is where I taste like the berries um yeah like a little bit in the aftertaste yeah exactly Yeah. yeah I don't taste that much of the sugar plum but then again I don't really know what sugar plums are supposed to taste like you haven't had your daily sugar plum? No, I haven't. All I picture is like sugar plum fairies or like what it, what is that? Uh, Christmas. Sugar, vision, oh. Visions of sugar plums or yes. something dancing yes. in their head. Yes. <laughs> That's what, That's I, what I picture. But at the same time, I've always been like, what is the vision of this sugar plum? What does it look like? And why is it dancing? Is that the right <laughs> words? Or am I saying the right words? No, you are. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> yeah I don't know anyway I really like this one I okay should we say it at the same time yeah let me take one more sip just to validate what I'm thinking okay (laughs) I love how bold it is without being bitter wow god I really missed coffee shop coffees me too (laughs) it's so we were deprived we were deprived okay ready three two one eight point five Oh, close but different. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan. Thank Same you, days. Defer. Thank you so much for not only sending one but two. And again, you will hear about their other coffee um in an upcoming episode. Yep. And until then. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. All right, guys, so today we are going to be talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. Spooky. (laughs) So obviously everybody knows about the Bermuda Triangle, but I don't know, like, in-depth details and all this, you know, fun stuff about it, so I'm excited. So we're going to start with just, like, the location in general. So the Bermuda Triangle is also known as the Devil's Triangle. I had never heard that before researching. I have never heard of that either, and I think it's creepy as fuck. Yeah. So it's in the western part of the northern Atlantic Ocean. 
And it's a section within an imaginary triangle. And the vertices of this triangle are Miami, Florida, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. It's off the southeastern tip of Florida. And this is a quote from Wikipedia, quote, some writers gave different boundaries and vertices to the triangle with the total area varying from 1.3 million to 3.9 million kilometers squared. Wow. Yeah. So that's big. <laughs> that's fucking huge. And yeah. no wonder things go missing in it. Yeah. Myths say that many ships and aircrafts have disappeared here under mysterious circumstances. And these reports actually date back to the mid-19th century, which is fucking long ago. I didn't know it went back that far. Yeah, neither did I. That's crazy. So allegedly, there was a pattern of these vessels either disappearing or being found abandoned and then passing through the when passing through the Bermuda Triangle. So that's kind of where this all like originated. All these things are going missing. Mm hmm. September 17th, 1950, this is the earliest article known to be published suggesting that the Bermuda Triangle was connected to strange disappearances, and it was in the Miami Herald, which um, was written by Edward Van Winkle Jones. Wow. Yeah. So that when you it. think about it, though, like, that's not too, too long ago. It's not. To be the first published article about it. Yeah, it's really not, but it's just like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's a legend that's been on for, that's been going on forever. In 1952, a short article was then published in Fate magazine called, quote, See Mystery at Our Back Door by George Sand. And this article talked about missing planes and ships and we're going to discuss more of the incidents that were included in this article a little bit later on, just so you know. In February of 1964, an article called The Deadly Bermuda Triangle by Vincent Gaddis was published in the pulp magazine Argosy. A year later, Gaddis turned into a book called Invisible Horizons. Wow. So these are all just kind of like the backgrounds of how things started based on the Bermuda Triangle. That's crazy, though, that it just started like as a simple article. And then this man gained either so much uh, notoriety through it or there was so much interest that he decided to make a book out of it. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Other writings on the phenomena included 1969... Limbo of the Lost by John Wallace Spencer, 1974, The Bermuda Triangle by Charles Berlitz, and 1974, The Devil's Triangle by Richard Weiner. Wow. Yeah. So lots of things early on. I feel like it piqued a lot of people's interest. Like, I don't know, these types of things usually do, and that's how they get popular. Yeah, everyone loves a phenomenon. Right. You know? Or a mysterious incident. Right. So speaking of getting into Bermuda Triangle incidents, we are going to tell you about a bunch right now. <laughs> There's a long list. 
So the first incident I'm going to talk about is the HMS Eurydice. And this was a training ship. This incident took place on March 6th, 1878. The training ship left the Royal Naval Dockyard in Bermuda and was heading to Portsmouth, England. This ship sank and became part of the legend of the Bermuda Triangle. In 1997, author David Francis Rain conducted research to prove this theory wrong. And although a storm had taken place, which obviously could have, like, sank the ship, yeah, no explanation has ever been proven as to what actually happened to the ship. Weird. Yeah. However... This ship was found and the wreck was refloated in 1879. Wow. That's not, yeah. I feel like that's not too long after either. That's, I don't know, that's strange. No, it was like, I mean, they refloated it like a year after, mm-hmm. but they still don't know what actually happened to it. So. Yeah. Um, there is a legend surrounding this ship. It is known as a quote unquote ghost ship. And people have stories of seeing it sailing through the mist. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. I feel like we talked about a ghost ship before, right? Or like uh, a ghost, like paddle paddle boating something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was another and urban no, legend. it is not Johnny Depp steering the Black Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Although we wish. Oh, that would be so fun to see yeah. in the distance. <laughs> yeah too bad so another one that i'm going to talk about is the hms atalanta it originally was named the hms juno and it was a sail training ship january 31st 1880 it departed from the royal naval dockyard in bermuda and was heading for falmouth england so again departing the same dockyard and heading to england just a different spot in england this time the ship and the entire crew on board disappeared what the fuck yeah some think that the ship could have sank during a storm and because of the inexperienced crew that was on board since it was like a training ship but again like no one knows what actually happened yeah that's really weird yeah The next one is the USS Cyclops, and this is a quote from Wiki, quote, the single largest loss of life in the history of the U.S. Navy not related to combat, which is terrifying. Like, that is absolutely terrifying. That's really scary. Why? I wonder why they named it the Cyclops. I know. That'd be interesting to know. (laughs) That's really weird, though. Yeah. So sometime after March 4th, 1918, the ship left the island of Barbados and it was carrying a full load of manganese ore and 309 crew members and the ship completely disappeared. Like, where does all of that go? Yeah. And 309 crew members and you never find a single like remnant of them right like not even a trace so here's a quote from history.com about the incident quote the cyclops never sent out an sos distress call despite being equipped to do so and an extensive search found no wreckage 
Only God and the sea know what happened to the great ship, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson later said. Wow. And, like, I think it's also fascinating that even if, like, this whole, like, Bermuda Triangle thing is not, you know, 100% true, like, the ocean is just huge. So vast. Like, things like this can just disappear, and it's the teeniest little speck in the ocean. Right. Like, this... Like, before, like, the triangle, we were like, holy crap, that's massive. But in in retrospect, it's, like, not. (laughs) I know, and that's so crazy to think about. Yeah. So, outside of the Bermuda Triangle, some thought that this ship could have disappeared due to storms, capsizing, enemies of war, or sinking from structural failure of carrying that ore on board. Oh, So those were all theories, but again, nothing could ever be proven because they never found anything from the USS Cyclops. That is terrifying. I didn't know that. Yeah. So now we're on to um, Carol A. Deering. So a five-masted schooner was built in 1919. January 31st of 1921. It was found abandoned at Diamond Shoals near Cape Hatteras, North Carolina. Diamond Shoals are, and this is a quote from Wikipedia, quote, are an infamous, always shifting cluster of shallow underwater sandbars that extend eight miles or 13 kilometers out of the Cape Hatteras, North Carolina in the United States. That is like really scary. A cluster of, like, shallow underwater sandbars. I know, but, like, you think about it, and I used to vacation in North Carolina, and and even in, like, in Florida, and everyone's like, be careful, don't go out on that sandbar, it's going to shift, so right. I'm always terrified of sandbars. Right, but that's also really scary when you think about, like, even not ships, but boats, like, little boats or little sailboats can easily just hit that. Right. Because you never know where one's going to be. Right. And then it's like you're stranded. Yeah. If it damaged the boat. Yeah. So they are known, of course, for causing shipwrecks. And the area has become known as, quote, the graveyard of the Atlantic, which is horrible. The FBI investigated multiple theories on why the ship was abandoned. There was some theories like um, piracy, rum runners, etc., And they were all rolled out. Wow. Yeah. Flight 19. So this is a big one. This is when the the incident discussed in the article mentioned earlier that we had talked about uh, the sea mystery at our back door by George Sand. December 5th, 1945, there was a training flight of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. And they completely disappeared over the Atlantic. No. Like, how? How? Absolutely not. How does five bombers just gone? Uh-huh. That's insane. <sighs> this is a, another Wikipedia quote. Quote, the squadron's flight plan was scheduled to take them due east from Fort Lauderdale for 141 miles, north for 73 miles, and then back over a final 140-mile leg to complete the exercise. The flight never returned to base. 
I just think, okay, like one bomber plane, I could see if something happened and you didn't know what happened to it. And even then, that's just terrifying and hopefully doesn't happen too, too often. But five of them. Right. And like maybe back then, I'm just thinking like, was there no like communication to the people on the ground? How did that work? Like, how did nobody know what happened? In 1945, they had to have at least had some kind of radio or right, um, like so Morse like, code or something. Right. So, like, how is there no information? Uh, Navy investigators thought there may have been a loss of fuel due to error in the navigation, which is definitely possible, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know why you'd con- confidently like fly five bombers up if you didn't think that the I don't know. Yeah. During a search and rescue for the aircrafts, a PBM Mariner aircraft disappeared with 13 crew members on board. So while searching for them, they lost another they aircraft. Yeah. Wow. Like what? Yeah. And going back to this uh, Mariner aircraft, a tanker off the coast of Florida allegedly saw an explosion during the search. So take that with a grain of salt, but still. That's just, like, how does that happen? I don't know. And, like, if you are knowing that things could be going wrong with, like, the fuel or, like, the overall navigation, why would you send another search and rescue like confidently if you think that i don't know if you think something could like potentially happen to them right it's so yeah and you would think that whatever form of communication they were using by the time they sent someone else out as a search party they would be communicating like constantly with them yeah it's so weird yeah April of 1962, American Legion magazine covered a story about Flight 19, and the author was Alan W. Eckert. This is a Wikipedia quote. He wrote the flight leader had been heard saying, quote, We are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green. No white. He also wrote that officials at the Navy Board of Inquiry stated the planes flew off to Mars. What the fuck? So I feel like that just, like, gives you an example of how turned around the pilots were. Yeah. Like, they had no idea what they were even looking at. Yeah. Which is really scary. I wonder, though... If the Navy Board of Inquiry were saying, oh, they flew off to Mars, like, as in, where the heck are they? They, like, completely disappeared into outer space. Or, or if like, they, they know yeah, more, like, they went into, like, a portal or something. Yeah. Or if they know more and know that extraterrestrial life could have been involved. Potentially. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens have them. So now we're on to Star Tiger and Star Ariel. So January 30th, 30th of 1948, Star Tiger was on a flight from Azores to Bermuda and disappeared. January 17th, 1949, Star Ariel was on a flight from Bermuda to Kingston, Jamaica. 
They were both Abor Tudor IV passenger aircrafts, and they were also both part of British South American Airways. So strange, and almost exactly a year apart. Yeah, literally almost exactly a year apart. Yeah, I also noticed that there are a lot of dates that are similar, like a lot of end of January, January 30th, January 31st. It's like repetitive. It's really, I mean, it's really strange when you think about it. Like, what are the odds? Yeah. There are, of course, other dates like mixed in there, but just that the same date is repeated over and over or almost exactly the same date is repeated over and over where these planes are or ships are going missing it's just very strange unless the weather is like bad around that time yeah yeah i was gonna say maybe it's like a certain time where like the portals or the are, are open more or it's just a more open time i don't know it's weird yeah. Or I mean if it is weather related, maybe the their line of vision is hard like maybe things are just harder to see around that time or Yeah. Who knows? All right. So then moving on to the a uh, Douglas DC three. December 28th, 1948, this aircraft disappeared while on its way from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami. There were 32 people on board, and the plane and people were never found. What the fuck? Yeah. This is not that long ago. It's really terrifying when you when you think about it. And there's some even closer later on. A civil aeronautics board investigation took place, and they couldn't determine a probable cause. What the fuck? Then I hope I'm pronouncing this next one right. Conmara the fourth, September 26, 1955. This was a yacht that was found drifting south of Bermuda. Some stories say that the crew completely disappeared while the yacht was in the sea during three hurricanes. What the fuck? Yeah. And these hurricanes were proven to have happened. Like, where the fuck were the people? I don't know. And how was the boat not completely lost or destroyed in this bobbing around in the sea during three hurricanes? Or sunken. Like, yeah. doesn't it get waterlogged? I don't know how yeah. ships work. Another story was that the yacht owner tied the boat up, but it broke loose during the storms. So mm, there was That would two- make more sense. <laughs> yeah. And in which case, the owner was still alive to say that. So there were really contradicting stories with that one weird yeah then there was kc-135 strato tankers august 28 1963 two of these aircrafts collided and crashed 300 miles west of bermuda what the fuck like i don't know if they were flying together or flying with the same unit but they were the same planes and it's not like you're in the fly in in the fly. It's not like you're in the sky flying around looking like you are for cars and traffic. Like you have a radar telling you where their other aircrafts are. So multiple stories had been written that there were two different crash sites over 160 miles or 260 kilometers apart. 
In which case, like, how would they have collided and crashed together if there were two different crash sites that far apart? And research that included the Air Force investigation report dismissed these claims, but that's, like, one of the theories rolling around there is that that happened. That's so weird. Yeah. Here are some other incidents that took place with a little less info. All of these are aircrafts, ship, sea vessels, and land losses mentioned from here down. And they're directly copied from the incident list on Wiki. So everything we're about to mention is literally copied and pasted from an incident list, which we'll include in our resources. And you guys can check it out if you don't like just hearing us list at all. Literally insane. Yeah. All are allegedly attributed to the Bermuda Triangle. Well, So here's some aircrafts. 1947, July 3rd, a Douglas C-54 crashed off the Florida coast after the pilot lost control in turbulence. 1949, November 16th, a B-29 ditched in the Atlantic. Two crewmen were missing, but three days later, 18 survivors were rescued 385 miles northeast of Bermuda. Like, what? What were these? I'm so confused. Yeah. What were and it they says, doing? Just floating in the ocean for three days? Must have been. Ugh. Yeah. And it says that in in parentheses, it says second bomb SQ. I'm thinking that's second bomb squadron. Yeah. Um. 1956, November 9th, a Martin Marlin VP-49 lost with 10 crewmen taking off from Bermuda. Wow. Oh my this, God, these like... are a lot of people missing. <sighs> it's really sad that, I mean, who knows if the Bermuda Triangle actually exists, but in general, it's just really sad that this many people, and I'm sure hundreds and hundreds more, have gone missing this way yeah it's just in in this little section right of the it's, ocean i feel like it's a visibility thing it has to be yeah 1962 january 8th a usaf meaning u.s air force kb 50 510465 427th ar squadron was lost over the Atlantic between the U.S. East Coast and the Azores. So, again, that area. Wow. I feel like there are also a lot of, like, U.S. aircrafts. Yeah. Like, it's it's Air Force-based. I feel like a lot of these are. Like, military. Yeah. Yeah. 1965, June 9th, a United States Air Air Force C-119 flying boxcar of the 440th Troop Carrier Wing went missing between Florida and Grand Turk Island. The last call from the plane came from a point just north of Crooked Island, Bahamas, and 177 miles from Grand Turk Island. On July 18, 1965, debris from the plane was found on the beach of Gold Rock Cay, just off the northeastern shore of Acklands Island. Wow. Yeah. So at least debris was found from that, but it didn't make any mention of the people in it. Right. Jesus. Yeah. 1965, December 6th, 
Private ERCO Air Cope Air Coop F01 lost with was lost with pilot and one passenger en route from Fort Lauderdale to Grand Bahamas Island. 1971, July 23rd, a four-seater Cessna 337 Super Skymaster went down between Curacao and Barbados with four passengers aboard. Jerome and Leatrice Levin and Paul and Dolores Warren. Oh. After a two-week intensive search, nothing was recovered of the aircraft or passengers, and nothing has ever been recovered since. Oh my uh, god, my heart is breaking. I have the chills. That's this horrible. Is so, this is so much loss in such, like, a space. That's so sad. They were probably going on vacation. 1978, November 3rd, Eastern Caribbean Airways Flight 912, a Piper Chefton flown by Irvington Rivers, arriving at St. Thomas from St. Croix, vanished after being sighted by the control tower, and then no trace was ever found. What the heck? I don't understand. It was sighted. And then, like, what happened? Don't and get... it, it was I... in close enough vicinity to be sighted, but then nothing was ever found. I just don't... I feel like I don't understand how there's just so much loss. I don't understand it. Now we're on to freaking 2005. Yeah. June 20th, a Piper PA-23 disappeared between Treasure Cay Island, Bahamas, and Fort Pierce, Florida. There was three people on board. Just like a whole a whole other flight disappeared. Mm-hmm. 2007, April 10th, a Piper PA 46310P disappeared near Bird K after flying into a level six thunderstorm wow. and losing altitude. Two fatalities were listed. How many levels of thunderstorms are there? Just curious. I I knew about tornadoes. I didn't know thunderstorm and hurricanes. I didn't know thunderstorms had levels. To be honest, yeah, I didn't either. I feel like six is pretty high though. You learn something new every day. <laughs> I'm gonna go research the levels of thunderstorms <laughs> after this. Me too. For real though. Okay. 2017, February 23rd. Fucking 2017. Yeah. The Turkish Airlines flight TK-183, an Airbus A330-200, was forced to change its direction from Havana, Cuba, to Washington Deleuze Airport after some mechanical and electrical problems occurred over the triangle. Okay, so at least they were okay, but the fact that mechanical and electrical problems occurred over the triangle is very sketch. I know. And I've heard of like things like that happening where it's just like all electrical, mechanical stuff like breaking down, which is really weird. And like and, even like cell phone stuff. And they're like, fuck my life. I'm turning around right now. Yeah, for real. Before I get sucked in. Yeah. I've always, when I was little, I thought the Bermuda Triangle was literally, like, a drain in the ocean. Same. I was really? so terrified of the Bermuda Triangle growing Me up. Me too. I literally thought it was, like, a big sink drain or something. <laughs> 2017, May 15th, a private MU-2B aircraft 
was at 24,000 feet when it vanished from radar and radio contact with air traffic controllers in Miami. What? (laughs) Plane wreckage was later found from this flight, but like, how do you just go from being 24,000 feet in the air and then not being on the radar anymore? Yeah. Like, don't you think you would see it going down on the radar? Or something? Yeah. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit about the ships and sea vessels that went missing. Yeah, because everything we just talked about was just aircrafts. Yeah, which is Which is insanity. Insane. Yeah. 1492, October 11th. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm just like, I have flashbacks in my brain of the little saying. In, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. Well, it was Christopher Columbus and the crew of the Santa Maria reported seeing unknown lights one day before the landing at Guanaani. What's really weird about this is there was like a little more detail online, but I didn't know how validated it was. Where someone had said that it could have possibly possibly been, like, a meteor that hit. But it's weird. weird because they reported that. And then days later, they reported seeing another light. So, like, how many meteors were, were hitting right. around where they were sailing? That's so strange. Yeah. I feel like now all I have is Will Ferrell in my head singing, The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. okay moving on 1800 the uss pickering on course from guadalupe to delaware lost with 90 people on board possibly lost in a gale but it's not known before we move on kelsey though i have a serious question what did you not know that christopher columbus sang boats and hoes (laughs) He was the original creator of Boats and Hose. Yeah. Could you imagine with, like, his hair? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a huge Christopher Columbus fan. Got to admit it. 1814 USS Wasp was last known in the position in the Caribbean. And it was lost with 140 people on board. Possibly lost in a storm. But again, 140 people just gone. Oh, my God. Just generations of families gone. Yeah. 1824, the USS Wildcat, on course from Cuba to Tompkins Island, lost with 14 people on board. In 1840, Rosalie was found abandoned, which was one of the ship's names. It could also possibly have been known as the Rossini, just so you know. But, um... Yeah, that ship was also found abandoned. 1881, according to legend, a ship, a sailing ship named the Ellen Austin was found, found a derelict vessel and placed a crew to sail the vessel to port. Two versions of what happened to the vessel are one, the vessel was either lost in a storm or was found again without a crew. Lawrence David Cush, author of the Bermuda Triangle Mystery Solved found no mention in 1880 or 1881 newspapers of the alleged incident. He did trace the legend to a book by Rupert Gold, and it was named The 
Stargazer Talks, and it was published in 1943. The Ellen Austin, which again was the ship, did exist. A check from Lloyd's of London Records proved the existence of Meta, built in 1854 and that in 1880. Meta was then renamed the Ellen Austin. Mm. There are no casualty listings for this vessel or any vessel at that time that would suggest a large number of missing men were placed on board a derelict that later disappeared, although one website includes the alleged derelict vessel incident. It does find that Rupert Gold talked about the legend on the radio in the 1930s. Likewise, the website traces the derelict story to a June 1906 newspaper story, which claims the derelict ship incident took place in 1891. However, the 1906 story does not give a reference of where the story came from. Damn, Wiki! That was a big fucking mouthful, and my brain hurts. Yeah, but... Long story short, I think they're just trying to say that this ship did fucking exist. Yeah, they like traced it back. Yeah, and the uh, like, even though the one guy was trying to say it possibly didn't, it's because the ship's name was changed. Yeah. And then there are stories about the ship going going missing or an incident happening with the ship, but the contradiction is just if people are missing or not we're missing or not correct yeah. so in 1925 december 1st ss cotopaxi having departed charleston south carolina two days earlier bound for havana cuba radioed a distress call reporting that the ship was sinking she was officially listed as overdue on the 31st of december in 1985, an unknown shipwreck was found off St. Augustine, Florida. In 2020, it was what? identified as the remains of the SS Cotopaxi. What? Yeah. So, like, that legit just happened with identifying that ship. Where the fuck did... Th- oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. 1941, the USS Proteus AC-9 was lost with all 58 persons on board in heavy seas, having departed St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands with a cargo of bauxite on November 23rd. The following month, her sister ship, the USS Nereus AC-10, was lost with all 61 persons on board, having also departed St. Thomas with a cargo of bauxite on December 10th. So legit the same situation. Yeah. And a month later. That's crazy. Yeah. 58 people and then 61. That's insane. According to research by Rear Admiral George Van Durs, USN, who was familiar with this type of ship from their service in the USN, the acidic coal cargo would seriously erode the long longitudinal support beams making these aging and poorly constructed colliers extremely vulnerable to breaking up in heavy seas. They were both sister ships of the USS Cyclops. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Maybe 
back then they just weren't aware that carrying minerals or like chemicals on board like that improperly could literally sink the ship yeah but the fact that they were also connected to the uss cyclops is crazy weird yeah what are the odds yeah in 1958, the Revenock, a 43-foot racing yawl, was lost with owner Harvey Conover and four others between Key West and Miami, Florida, in a hurricane. The only trace found was the Revenock 14-foot skiff near Jupiter, Florida. In 1963, SS Marine Sulphur Queen, lost with 39 crewmen, having departed Beaumont, Texas, on two. February 2nd, with a cargo of 15,260 tons of sulfur. Jesus. She was last heard from on February 4th, when she was in rough, nearly following seas of 16 feet, with northerly winds of 25 to 46 knots, and listed as missing two days later. The U.S. Coast Guard subsequently determined that the ship was unsafe and not seaworthy and never should have sailed. Well, the final report, like, too little too late, probably should have deemed it that beforehand and made them stay at the port. Yeah. The final report suggested four causes of the disaster, all due to poor design and maintenance of the ship. 1967, December 22nd, Miami hotel owner and yachtsman Dan Burak set out on his cabin cruiser, Witchcraft, that's what it was called, fun, with a priest named Patrick Horian. Wait. A priest rode on the Witchcraft. That doesn't sound right. I feel like that's, that's really funny. I'm surprised he was open to that. I know maybe that's oh god i don't know that's so funny priests and witchcraft yeah i mean we did talk in our one episode about how a lot of uh pagan or wiccan beliefs christianity could possibly stem from some of that in a twisty way you know definitely the ship was taken one mile off the Miami coastline so that Burak and Horgan could view the Christmas lights visible from the shore. That night, Burak radioed a distress call to the Coast Guard, informing them that the boat's propeller had struck something underwater and that the vessel would need to be towed in. The Coast Guard requested that he send up a flare in roughly 20 minutes so that the boat could be more easily located. The official who received the call reportedly later noted that Burak did not seem too concerned about the witchcraft, a boat that Burak had fitted with a special flotation device in its hull. Okay, so if it had a flotation device, like, they should have been okay either way, right? Yeah. When the Coast Guard arrived at the location from which Burak called, he, Horgan, and the witchcraft were nowhere to be found. Over the following days, a search was conducted over hundreds of square miles of ocean, but the boat and its passengers were not able to be located. Like, wait, what? Yeah. So they literally radioed in, and they went to that location, and they were just never found. That's so weird. Unless they were, like, wrong about where they actually were. But they sent a flare off, didn't they? Yeah, he asked them to. 
That's weird. Yeah. In 1980, January 12th, HMCS St. Laurent DDH-205 sank off Cape Hatteras, the closest point on the North American mainland to Bermuda, which we mentioned earlier on as well. Mm -hmm. The ship took on water after encountering the tail end of a storm. So they kind of know what happened there, but at the same time, they still include this in the Bermuda Triangle, like the mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. In 2015, which was, again, very recent, mm-hmm. late July, two 14-year-old boys named Austin Stephanos and Perry Cohen went on a fishing trip to their in their 19-foot boat. Despite the 15,000-square nautical-mile-wide search of by, that was done by the Coast Guard, the pair's boat was found a year later off the coast of Bermuda, but the boys were never seen again. Oh, what happened? Two 14-year-old boys just gone. Like, what happened to them? I don't know. It's literally so scary. Like, their boat was found, but they weren't. Like, what? Yeah. In 2015, October 1st, SSL Pharaoh with a crew of 33 aboard, sank off the coast of the Bahamas within the Triangle after sailing into Hurricane Joaquin. Search crews identified the vessel at uh, 15,000 feet below the surface. Wow. That's so sad. That's a whole... I mean, I just feel like there's so many people that are gone. Mm-hmm. In 2020... A 29-foot blue-and-white Mako Cuddy cabin vessel with 20 people on board was last seen publicly during the departure on December 28, 2020. Again, just crazy. And again, the same time of the year. Yeah, like late December. Yeah. Yeah, December. Like, obviously, there's some in like august and july and all that too but i feel like a lot of them are december january i feel like that's weather related you know and there's one little mention of something that happened on land so in 1969 in august great isaac the great isaac lighthouse in bimini bahamas two keepers disappeared and were never found A hurricane passed through at the time of the disappearance. Hmm. So who knows if the hurricane had to do with it or what happened, but these people were never found. Right. And again, that was all from the long list of incidents on Wiki, and we are putting that in our resources. So you guys can check that out if you want to, if you're more of a visual person instead of an auditory person. It just goes to show, though, like, it took us so long to get through that because there were so many. Yeah, and rest in peace to all those people because that is just mind-blowingly horrible, and I'm sure only a small percentage of all of the disappearances in um, air and water. Yeah. It's crazy. So we're going to talk a little bit about the theories to the legend. So we're going to start with paranormal theories. Some believe that the Bermuda Triangle may be connected to 
the lost continent of Atlantis or the technology that was lost with it, which I mean, I feel like that would kind of make sense. It could. Like, it's in the same area if that actually did exist. Yeah, I feel like that would explain, like, the technology weirdness that happens when you go over. Maybe we should cover Atlantis at another time. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Because I know, like, bits and pieces of that, but I I feel like I don't... Like, just like the Bermuda Triangle, I don't know, like, in-depth things. It's just such a big topic. Mm Mm-hmm. Another thought is that the Bermuda Triangle is a parallel universe, which I don't know. I feel like parallel universes are definitely real and they're here and we don't even know it. And I feel like that could be one of them. Mm. Another theory is there is a space or time warp. And another theory is that there's a combination of the two, a time warp sucking up these aircrafts and ships into a parallel universe. I feel like that would be the like, that would be explaining it the best way if something like that was actually happening. Yeah. Because it has to be, you have to be, they would have to be switching over into this parallel universe somehow. Right. And like. Could you imagine if there was just a parallel universe of all of these missing people? And they're all just there all of a sudden and have started their own lives and stuff there? Yeah, like they don't even know what happened. Well, that would be amazing. I hope that that's the case. Me too. Instead of them being lost in a storm or something like that. Yeah. Another theory is UFOs, which we had mentioned, what alien taking humans to study from you know this bermuda triangle Hmm. and obviously there's another there's all different kinds of anomalies that you could think of you know that could possibly be going on wow yeah i mean we've said before on this podcast we believe in aliens yeah uh or extraterrestrial life maybe not specifically what people think as aliens and maybe the bermuda triangle is a connection yeah like they're able to like easily snag them from there for some reason yeah i don't know Who knows? so those are the paranormal theories and now i'm going to talk a little bit about the natural theories so some theorize that there could have been like a magna- magnetic anomaly that messed with the compasses of these missing vessels, which I feel like would make a lot of sense. It would throw up, throw off people's navigation and turn them all around just right. because of like the magnetic forces. Right, which is possible. Yeah. Others have argued that the compass could have naturally changed, which would be throwing those conduct conducting the vessels off of course. Yeah. Again. Yeah, again, that would make sense. This is another Wikipedia quote. Some people may be unaware that, quote, magnetic compass north and geographic true north are exactly the same, only for a small number of places. For example, as of 2000 in the United States, only those placed on a line running from Wisconsin to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, so there's compass, there's magnetic north, and there's true north. Yeah. It's crazy that 
they're never really exactly the same in places, but the Bermuda Triangle or parts of the Bermuda Triangle are yeah. is po- potentially a spot where they are the same, and that would throw off someone using a navigation system or a compass because they'd be like expecting true north or expecting magnetic north but really which they're I the feel same. like would make sense for why the majority of these missing or these missing ships or um, aircrafts happened earlier on when I feel like people relied more so on compasses and stuff you know right and if you're not ex- if you're expecting it to change and it doesn't then you're com- you're reading something completely different right or completely wrong Okay, so another natural theory is the Gulf Stream. The Gulf Stream is a major surface current that flows from the Gulf of Mexico into the North Atlantic. The Gulf Stream can cause changes in weather, and I had read that sometimes they could be like really harsh or extreme changes in weather. Mom. Theories that the current could have carried away the vessels from their assumed location is a potential explanation, which is why they they couldn't be found because they're expecting them somewhere and then this current carried them hundreds, maybe hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Another potential explanation is methane hydrates. There are large fields of methane hydrates located on the continental shelves. This is a natural gas that forms and can decrease the density of the water, which is crazy. What? Yeah. Methane eruptions, a.k.a. quote-unquote mud volcanoes, could cause a ship to sink as there would not be enough buoyancy for the ship to float. What? How terrifying. Like, I am... Literally due to a natural gas. Like, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. But, this is a quote from Wiki. Quote, according to the USGS, which is the United States Geological Survey, no large releases of gas hydrates are believed to have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle for the past 15,000 years. Wow. That kind of rules that whole theory out. Yeah. Another potential thing could be quote unquote rogue waves. And rogue waves are waves that can reach heights of up to 100 feet or 30.5 meters, in which case the ship would just be completely wiped out. What the fuck? But that doesn't explain aircrafts. Yeah, that's literally terrifying. Yeah. A theory that was also thrown out there, which we talked about um multiple times in this episode is just weather in general whether it be like a hurricane or whatnot yeah and then another theory is human error which is self-explanatory yeah i mean i feel like it's a combination of a bunch of different things yeah like literally the perfect storm or the most imperfect storm i should say yeah or the bermuda triangle yeah it's just so crazy mm-hmm. wow so here's a last little quote that sorry i have to burp <laughs> haven't done that in a while here's a last little quote that i'm just going to include to kind of wrap things up with this 
This is a quote from oceanservice.noaa.gov. So it is from an official government website. According to the National Ocean Service as of 2010, quote, the U.S. Navy and U.S. Coast Guard contend that there are no supernatural explanations for disasters at sea. Their experience suggests that the combined forces of nature and human fallibility outdo even the most incredulous science fiction. They add that no official maps exist that delineate the boundaries of the Bermuda Triangle. The U.S. Board of Geographic Names does not recognize that the Bermuda Triangle as an official name and does not maintain an official file on the area. Wow. I feel like it's just too vast of an area to try to confine it. Yeah. You know? So they're basically ruling out anything supernatural, which I feel like if there was something alien-related or whatever, they probably wouldn't want us to know about that anyway. Exactly. Like, trying to hide that anyway. Yeah. And then I feel like or they could be just being legitimate about it and it comes down to like nature or whatever or human error. Right. And then they're basically showing that they don't recognize the Bermuda Triangle and don't have any files on that area or anything. Like they're not associating any of these disappearances or incidents with the Bermuda Triangle officially. Yeah, they're kind of just like, I'm out. I don't yeah. have anything to do with it. Yeah, which is very interesting. Yeah, take that as you will. Yeah, especially since I feel like, like you had mentioned earlier, a good amount of these disappearances or losses were U.S. Air Force or military related. Yeah, like, I don't know that whole, that's just so strange. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Bermuda Triangle? Like, what do I think is happening there? Yeah. Or do you think it exists or what? I do. I think the area can't be defined because maybe it moves sometimes Mm -hmm. based on, like, the sea. Yeah. And I think that um, it has a lot to do with natural forces, like the, the whole compass situation and just like an area of weird magnetic forces where it's messing with technology and making it really hard for people to get through it. Um, But I also think that there may be a component of like a parallel universe to it as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I always pictured that as a kid too, like the, it kind of changing. Yeah. And you not knowing you're going into it but also it being like it sucking you up right like it happening like you don't know you're in it until you're in it yeah I don't know I never want to be in it (laughs) like I think me either god forbid I think some of the incidents that have happened can definitely be attributed to something natural yeah or like a natural disaster or uh, just something awful that happened weather-wise or whatever. But I feel like I'm open to believing in stuff like that. And I feel like it is a possibility that some kind of 
like whole or parallel universe exists and i hope those people were sucked into something like that and are alive out there in another plane somewhere and just like hopefully living on the beach because god bless yeah that's just really sad yeah unless this literally is just a theory someone came up with to cope right and that's also a possibility as well yeah yeah but who knows like guys let us know if you believe in the bermuda triangle yes i'm just gonna say i just feel like nobody really knows and that's like part of the big interest and mystery in it all oh definitely there's this meme i actually saw um a couple weeks ago and I'll post it with this episode for everyone to see. Kelsey, I'm going to read it to you. You might, you may or may have not seen it. Okay. But it's what inspired me to choose this case this week. <laughs> <laughs> so the meme says, so did anyone else go through a phase as a kid where you were genuinely concerned about the Bermuda Triangle? Six-year-old me was like, bro, why are we not solving this problem? <laughs> Wait, I did not see that, but that was literally me as a child. Yeah. I'm like, why is the government not sure about what this place is? <laughs> That's actually hysterical. And so accurate. Like, being so overwhelmed by it when you were little, and then it's just, like, not really a thing anymore as you grow up. I know, and it's like... You, I was consumed in the fact that I was going to have to fly over it. Maybe I even did. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, like, I always would, like, say to my dad, I'm like, do you, like, because he was a pilot. I'm like, did you ever, like, fly over the Bermuda Triangle? He's like, why are you so obsessed? I'm like, I am so scared of this place. Did your dad ever fly over it? I don't know. I don't remember. I have to ask him. You have to. Oh yeah, I will have to ask him. I'll text him after we finish. But now that we know it's so vast, like, he could have thro- flown over part of it, you know? Right, and not even, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he has. He's flown all over. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so true. Like, let us know if you were a child worrying about the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Probably our whole generation. For real, though, I have to ask Carson now. Oh, I'm sure he did. He was probably hyper-focused on that. That was, like, his top priority. (laughs) (laughs) Figuring out the Bermuda Triangle mystery. Mom's like, Carson, why do you have triangles drawn all over your room? (laughs) He's like, I will figure it out for the government. He's like, just trying to solve life's mysteries, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Little Carson. (laughs) Oh, my God. So then there was one... There was one, another meme that said, prediction for September, the Bermuda Triangle starts roaming around the earth slowly like a Roomba, (laughs) (laughs) which would be horrifying. That is like my worst nightmare. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm picturing that though. Yeah. (laughs) And then there was another one that said, as a child, I thought I'd have to deal with the Bermuda Triangle a lot more than I have in my adult life. <laughs> Why is that also accurate? I feel like it was a secret that all adults knew about. Yeah. That I would, like, one day get there. <laughs> you know? Proof that you're an adult, you know you don't have to deal with it as much. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
Well, I really enjoyed that one. That was a good one to learn more about because I feel like I avoided it my entire life because of sheer terror. Yeah, same. And that's why I didn't actually know that much about the disappearances because I was just like, Bermuda Triangle, shut down. Yeah, same. (laughs) Turn my brain off. It was like a PTSD thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I have one to end this episode on. All right. All right. Ready? You know what? Let's do our spiel first and then I'll end it with this nice meme. Okay. All right. So you know where to find us. You can go to our Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. And that's where we post our weekly episodes, um, the resources from the episode, and uh, pictures from the episode. Also, I did want to mention that we started a GoFundMe for one of our previous cases, Drew Molinari. Please, please, please donate if you are able to to the GoFundMe. It's to build a or to put up a billboard for um, just some information about him to keep his story alive because. His killer has still not been found. Yeah, and hopefully this billboard will have some, help some people bring some information forward as well. Yeah, so please, please take a look at that. That's on our Facebook. And then yeah. it's also on our Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee. We've posted a few stories about it here and there and we'll continue to post. But uh, that's also where we post our weekly coffee reviews and... Um, just some reminders about everything that we have on our Instagram. Yeah, and if you guys haven't listened to Drew's story, you can go back and listen. It was episode 20 on our podcast. Yep. Um, If you would like to submit a case suggestion or a story suggestion, such as the Bermuda Triangle, um, or a listener story of your own, you can DM us at Crime Colts and Coffee on Instagram or email us at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com. Please also leave us a nice rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you listen to us there, or you can follow us or subscribe to us on any listening platform of your choice. Yes. So go ahead with your meme. Okay. On that note, I will end today's episode with a meme. Does anyone want to come on holiday with me? I'm thinking of going to the Bermuda Triangle and just fucking disappearing. Oh, my God. (laughs) And someone goes, booking my flight as we speak. (laughs) That's actually sad, but true. Yeah. Until next week. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook